My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bundjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Just a heads up, this episode deals with issues surrounding mental health. If you need someone to talk to, you can give Lifeline a call on 13 11 14. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Friday the 31st of March. I'm Sam. I'm Zara. About 1 in 20 Australians are believed to have ADHD, but getting a diagnosis isn't always easy. Why did it take so long for me? Because I'm a female. The first thing that they'll always tell me is, you don't actually have ADHD. You've just been told you have ADHD by TikTok. In today's deep dive, we're going to hear just how hard it can be and about the Senate inquiry setting out to find out what's gone wrong. But first, Sarah, what is making headlines this morning? The legislation that will trigger this year's referendum on an Indigenous voice to Parliament was introduced in the House of Reps yesterday. The bill contains the constitutional amendment allowing the voice to be established and comes after the wording of the question was unveiled last week. Indigenous Australians Minister Linda Burney called the day an inspiring moment. Wurundjeri elder Auntie Joy Murphy performed a welcome to country at a business lunch attended by former US President Barack Obama. That was after being dropped from Obama's speaking event on Wednesday night. Event organisers had said Auntie Joy was removed from the event due to what they described as last-minute changes that couldn't be accommodated, with the organisers later apologising to Auntie Joy. A class action against health insurance provider Medibank over its data breach last year has now been filed in the Victorian Supreme Court. The court documents were filed by the plaintiffs on Tuesday, who alleged that Medibank was aware of the deficiencies in its cybersecurity systems before the breach, but failed to disclose this to investors on the Australian Securities Exchange. The breach was committed by Russian hackers last year, who released some of that stolen data online. And today's good news, four cheetah cubs were born in India this week, marking the first time in 70 years that cheetahs have been born in the country. Cheetahs became extinct in India during the 50s, but a long-term push to reintroduce them came to fruition after cheetahs from Namibia were brought to India last year. This week, the Federal Senate launched an inquiry into how ADHD is being managed in Australia. The inquiry will investigate the barriers people are facing in receiving an ADHD diagnosis and support. And we know that this is something a lot of people in the TDA community have struggled with. We got this message from someone who wants to stay anonymous. I was recently diagnosed with ADHD at the end of last year and I'm 21 now. I've only just been diagnosed despite being told for years by family and friends and teachers that I don't have it, that's just my personality and I'm just I'm just a procrastinator and lazy and that's just who I am. And, you know, a teenage girl, it was never really considered by any of the people in my life that I could have it. And also at the same time, during the end of high school and I was really struggling with focus and concentration and and just getting daily tasks done. I was also quite depressed at the time. And so people would say to me, you can't have ADHD because you're not hyperactive. 
And it wasn't until the end of last year when I finally sought out a psychologist by myself as an adult and had a test that I got formally diagnosed. And even now I'm a week onto medication. It's taken this long and I can notice a massive change in my life already, despite being on the lowest dose and only for a week. But even when I tell people, the first thing that they'll always tell me is, you don't actually have ADHD. You've just been told you have ADHD by TikTok or it's or you're just falling to the trend of being quirky with ADHD. And it kind of feels, it's for the last few years, it's kind of felt like quite a bit of imposter syndrome and almost as if I'm gaslighting myself. Here's another one we got from Carly. After seven years of therapy and seeing numerous different psychologists, psychiatrists and specialists, it was only last week I was finally diagnosed with ADHD. I'm 24. This is because my psychologist has been diligent with noting down patterns of behaviour and the psychiatrist actually listened to me and did not think that they know what's best. Why did it take so long for me? Because I'm a female. I didn't act up in the classroom and I was raised to respect others. One psychiatrist stated that because my school reports didn't indicate I was disruptive, I was required to undertake a neurocognitive assessment, which would cost $1,500. Mind you, I already paid $500 for the initial appointment with the psychiatrist. The amount of money I've spent on mental health is in the tens of thousands. I'm trying to break a generational cycle of addiction and mental health struggles in a biased, broken healthcare system. So some of the things we've heard in these voice messages, things like the difficulty of getting a diagnosis, the cost of navigating the medical system, the impact of gender bias, these are all things the Senate inquiry is setting out to investigate. But I wanted to know a little bit more about how these things play out from a healthcare provider's perspective. So I spoke to Dr. Tamara May. She's a psychologist and research associate at Monash University who actually specializes in managing ADHD. Tamara, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I wanted to get started by asking you what ADHD actually is. Yeah, good question. So ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, and it's what we would call a neurodevelopmental condition. So it means the brain develops differently as a person ages through childhood and adolescence. And how do you see it impacting people? Oh, there's there's so many impacts, um, Sam, on people's lives. So it can affect how we learn and take in information. It can affect, therefore, how we do academically at school. It affects us at work in terms of the uh, various difficulties we might have with completing work, procrastination, being late, forgetfulness, etc. It can impact on our social relationships. It really has these very broad impacts on our lives. Okay, and we've heard a lot from our audience about how hard it can be to actually get an ADHD diagnosis. I myself have been on a bit of a journey with getting a diagnosis. What do you think is going wrong? I think what's going wrong is that there's not enough clinicians who can provide diagnostic assessments and not enough clinicians in the public service able to provide this. So I guess adult ADHD in particular is an area where there's been a lot of demand for for diagnostic services. And it's a a reasonably, I guess, new area, even though ADHD has been always around. But it's only more recently that we realise that for most people, ADHD persists into adulthood. And so as the words got out about ADHD, that's resulted in a lot of adults realising 
that they have might have ADHD and seeking adult diagnoses. And to do that, usually we have to go and see a psychiatrist and there's very few adult psychiatrists who specialise in ADHD. I was actually having a look at your website before and just to clarify, so you're not a psychiatrist, so you can't prescribe ADHD medication, but you are a psychologist who specialises in supporting people with ADHD. And I noticed on your website that you're fully booked, which is a good sign for you. Um, yes. But, but I guess looking more broadly, is the rise in ADHD meaning that the system isn't coping? Um, absolutely. I think the increased awareness, yeah, the, the system is not coping. People are having to wait three, six months, 12 months. And it's not always just for ADHD. To see a paediatrician, for example, you might be waiting 12 months and you might have another concern other than ADHD. In particular, there's not enough public services. So yeah. people have to pay out of costs. It's very expensive to get these assessments and to get support. Do you think there's still stigma? Absolutely. And I think this is why there are so few adult psychiatrists who specialise in ADHD, because it's, I guess, the one of the most effective treatments for ADHD is stimulant medication. And unfortunately, there's, it's still associated with being, you know, something that's misused or just use, given out like lollies to kids when they're misbehaving. But that's certainly not what the impact of the medication is. It has significant impacts on improving attention and focus and can really help folks. So there's still a lot of stigma about the medication, which means a lot of adult psychiatrists are reluctant to work in that space. And one of the other interesting things that we hear from our audience in particular is how hard it is for women and girls to navigate the system and receive a diagnosis. Is our understanding of ADHD and how it manifests in women and girls catching up to where it needs to be? Yes, I, I think slowly it's catching up. But in the past, the the idea of what ADHD looked like was the hyperactive little boy who was running around, climbing on things and, you know, getting into trouble, so to speak. Uh, and so girls who might be more likely to have more of the inattentive symptoms rather than the hyperactive impulsive symptoms, they're often sitting in the classroom. They might not be focusing and paying attention, but they're not being a difficult for the teacher to manage, for example. And so those difficulties of inattention often get missed, and particularly in girls. Let's talk about TikTok. We've seen a huge explosion in ADHD visibility on TikTok. In your practice, have you seen people come through reflecting on lessons they've learned from TikTok or experiences that they've resonated with? Absolutely. And I, I think there's a lot of great stuff there. And there's also some stuff that isn't quite accurate, so to speak. But certainly I've had clients who have seen TikToks and uh, some things have clicked and that they've sort of understood what might be going on for them. But there's also, you know, misinformation. So it's really important to make sure that we're accessing information from a reliable source. What are you seeing as some of those main misinformation parts of TikTok? I think often there will be discussion about symptoms that aren't necessarily going to be directly related to ADHD. So there are a lot of secondary consequences of having ADHD, but there's also a lot of secondary consequences of having other conditions which might look a bit like ADHD. So, yeah, for some folks, perhaps, you know, some of those difficulties might be better explained by other things going on for them. So right now, ADHD doesn't appear on the list of disabilities supported by the NDIS. And what that means in practice is that even if you receive a diagnosis, you don't automatically qualify to receive financial support to manage it through that program. 
In your opinion, should that change? They should be covering some costs of supporting people with ADHD where they need it to engage in life like everyone else. For someone with ADHD, there can be significant impacts on their functioning in many areas of life. And if they had any other condition but the same impacts on their functioning, they would qualify for NDIS. And this week we heard that a Senate inquiry is going to be looking into some of the issues we've discussed today, things like access to support, diagnosis and that NDIS point. Do you think that the Senate inquiry is going to be a helpful step forward? I'm super excited about the Senate inquiry and I think it's a fantastic step forward and it's finally bringing more of a spotlight to ADHD. Um, Last year we we released the ADHD Australian Guidelines and I think that is a big step in terms of making sure that people with ADHD get uniform and evidence-based care. And so the Senate inquiry will hopefully be another step towards getting appropriate funding for research, for implementing the guidelines and for supporting people through these mechanisms such as the NDIS. Dr. Tamara May, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Sam. My pleasure. I just wanted to quickly shout out everyone who sent in a message yesterday on the Daily Oz on Instagram to share their ADHD journey. Even if we didn't get to your message today on the podcast, we deeply appreciate the insights that you presented to us and it really gave us more insight into a really complex issue. If you need someone to talk to, you can give Lifeline a call on 13 11 14. Thanks for joining us on The Daily Oz. Have a beautiful weekend.